Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lizzie Hansen and today is June 27th. Today we begin a brand new Come Follow Me block, which is going to be 1 Kings chapters 17, 18, and 19. We are not used to only having three chapters in a week. I mean, we did at the very beginning of the Old Testament, but Lately, we've been covering entire books in one week, and so that should tell you about the quantity of principles and doctrines that we can find in these three chapters. There's so much to feast on, and all of it centers around the prophet Elijah. So I wanted to take just a second to talk a little bit about Elijah and the things that we know. Elijah was a prophet who ministered mostly to northern tribes of Israel, and That's especially important to note because of how incredibly wicked the northern portion of Israel was at this time. In fact, in the chapter previous, in 1 Kings chapter 16, we start to learn more about Ahab and Jezebel and just how horrible they are. But it seems that most of Israel at this point were worshiping false gods. They were worshiping Baal. And They were being led by people who worshiped Baal. So with that understanding, with that knowledge that most of Israel had completely turned away from Jehovah, it's especially impressive to note what Elijah means. The name Elijah means Jehovah is my God. I absolutely love that. Talk about standing firm and standing alone and being willing to stand out and be different in a time where no one was worshiping Jehovah, in a time where the people had forgotten Jehovah. Elijah's name literally meant Jehovah is my God. Forget about Baal, not worshiping him. Jehovah is my God. But that should also teach us something about the way that Elijah was raised, that he was raised by parents who still remembered and believed in Jehovah, and that they were teaching and helping Elijah grow in that faith and testimony as well. Now, it's interesting, 1 Kings chapter 17, where it introduces Elijah, it refers to him as Elijah the Tishbite. We actually don't really know where that name comes from. There doesn't really seem to be a place called Tish. So there could be a bunch of different meanings behind Tishbite. But most scholars believe it has one of two meanings, either It meant that he was from Tishbe in Gilead, or if you look up that word in the concordance of the Bible, looking at the Hebrew dictionary, it shows us that that word means a dweller or someone who dwells among. So here, when it says Elijah the Tishbite, there's a good chance that that is their way of saying he wasn't from around here. He came from someplace else, but he was dwelling among us. In all honesty, for as much as we talk about Elijah, we don't actually have a ton of chapters and verses about him. We have far more about other people. But the impression that Elijah must have made on Israel must have been incredible. Still to this day at a Passover feast, a place is set for Elijah. Elijah said that he would return, that he would come back. And people of the Jewish faith today still believe that. In their Passover feast, they set a place for him and they wait for his return. Ironically enough, on April 3rd, 1836, while Jews all around the world were celebrating Passover, while the Jewish faith across the entire globe 
were setting places for Elijah and leaving a chair there for him to come and to return and to be with them, Elijah did return. Elijah was the last person in the Old Testament to hold the sealing power of the priesthood or the sealing keys of the priesthood. And so fittingly, on April 3rd, 1836, during Passover, Elijah returned to the temple and he gave those keys to Joseph so that the work of God could continue. Remember, these are the sealing keys. And when I think of the sealing keys, I can't help but think of what Moroni taught Joseph Smith, referencing the verse in Malachi, but quoting it a little bit differently. He said, He shall plant in the hearts of the children the promises made to the fathers, and the hearts of the children shall turn to their fathers. If it were not so, the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming. This sealing power that we're going to witness in Elijah is essential to God's plan. If it weren't for this sealing power, which we're going to see in Elijah, the earth would be wasted. The purpose of this earth for us to grow and progress and return to God again would come to naught. And so I love how important the sealing power is and the things that we can learn about it here. So let's jump in to chapter 17, verse 1, where it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who is of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, there are a couple things here that I think are really interesting. Remember, we talked about yesterday or maybe the day before about that phrase, as the Lord liveth. And the absolute binding covenant that that phrase implied. So much so that if you remember when Nephi was dressed as Laban and Laban's servant came after him, he was scared that Nephi and his brothers were going to hurt him or kill him. But when Nephi said, as the Lord liveth and as I live, it completely calmed his fears. That phrase was binding to the people. And so Here, when it says, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, there will not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word, this was covenant, this was contract, this was going to happen. But I love what it teaches us about the sealing power. Oftentimes, because it's most applicable to us, when we talk about the sealing power, we only talk about it in terms of husband and wife or families. But I think it's so valuable to recognize that the sealing power goes so far beyond that. Now, I don't want to take anything away from sealing a husband and wife or the sealing of families. That is so valuable, so important. If it weren't for that, the entire earth would be utterly wasted at his coming, right? It's important. But there is more to the sealing power than just that. And I think sometimes we overlook that in our zeal for everything else that the sealing power entails. Listen to what Joseph Smith says about this power. He said, The spirit, power, and calling of Elijah is that ye have power to hold the key of revelation, ordinances, oracles, powers, and endowments of the fullness of the Melchizedek priesthood and of the kingdom of God on the earth, and to receive, obtain, 
and perform all ordinances belonging to the kingdom of God, even unto the turning of the hearts of the fathers unto the children and the hearts of the children unto the fathers. I love that. The sealing power is the key of revelation, ordinances, oracles, powers. In fact, in the Book of Mormon, we talked about yesterday Nephi in the Book of Helaman and God saying to him, anything you ask, I will give because I know you're not going to ask anything contrary to my will. Well, he was saying those things as he was giving Nephi this same power, the sealing power. Now, I don't know everything that it entails, but I kind of wonder a little bit if the sealing power entails God's willingness to do or grant anything that's asked of him. It was at least for Elijah and for Nephi. And so here in this verse, Elijah is going to seal up the heavens and nothing is going to come, not dew, not rain. There is going to be a massive drought in the land. Elijah wasn't doing this to punish the people. Rather, he was trying to humble them. He was trying to get them to turn from Baal and to turn back to Jehovah. After all, his name means Jehovah is my God, and it was his mission and his desire to turn the hearts of the people back to his God, back to Jehovah, so they could receive all the blessings that God has for the faithful. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.